I'd like, as we begin, for you to imagine with me a football team. Now, this is not your normal Monday night football kind of football team. This is the bad news bears of football. Uh, they have a quarterback who basically wants to do one of two things. He either wants to run as far and as long as he can, and it does not quite matter which direction that is, or he wants to throw the ball as far and as hard as he can. And again, it doesn't always matter which direction. The offensive line is not necessarily very concerned about blocking the defensive line. Their number one concern is really just to get their hands on the ball. And so when the ball is hiked, instead of hitting the guy in front of them, they turn around and start waving their arms and calling the quarterback's name. In fact, they want the ball so much, sometimes they'll chase down their own quarterback in order to get it from him. They've got a wide receiver, and he can run pretty good. In fact, that's the number one thing he likes to do. He just likes to run, and he runs all over the place. And Sometimes he's where the ball ends up, and sometimes not. And they do have a defensive back who is apparently pretty good. In fact, he's gotten a few interceptions throughout the season. The problem is, is that when he gets the ball, he just runs to the nearest end zone, whether it's his team's or not. Do you know what we call this? We call this Pee-wee League football. The problem, of course, is, is that they lack the maturity to really understand what the win is for their team. I mean, they understand, of course, that at the end of the game, whoever has more points on the scoreboard has won the game. But they, don't, they lack the maturity to understand their involvement and role in that. And they lack the maturity to understand what their individual win and victory within that game really is. As they grow and as they continue on and as they learn the rules of the game and as they learn more about the game and their role within it, uh, they'll get a lot better at that and they'll be able to see the victory and they'll, they'll know what's going on. Although, uh, we have seen some people who play the game that no matter how old they get, they, they never quite understand. These are the showboats and the ball hogs and the glory hands that are, that are really all about me. And they still don't understand what the victory really is. I recently heard a phrase that I'd like to share with you that, that these folks really need to learn. They need to learn to clarify the win. They need to understand what the win really is. They need to understand what the victory for them really is. So that they'll know which way to direct their efforts and, and what it is that they're supposed to do. Now, the thing that I've learned from that is that I fear that for too many years, I've been involved in Pee Wee League Christianity. The ball gets snapped to me, and I haven't always thought through exactly what am I supposed to do with this thing? Which way am I supposed to go? What is the win for me as a Christian? Now, now don't get me wrong. I think for most of my life, I've tried to do what's right, but most of the time, I've just, I've just gone through it reacting to whatever it is that's happening to me, trying to figure out what to do that's right, without ever thinking through where is it that this is actually going? What, what's actually supposed to be going on here? What is the win for me as a Christian? What's the win ultimately for me as a Christian? What's the win on a daily basis for me as a Christian? What's the win and the victory for me as a preacher? What's the win for me as a preacher of this congregation? What's the win for this upcoming year for me? 
And that's something I want to talk to you about this morning. That's where we all need to be. Have you thought through what is the victory? What is it that you can look at the measurable win that says, hey, we're going in the right direction. I'm going in the right direction. If you want 2010 to be a successful year for you spiritually, I'd like to encourage you to spend some time this week to clarify your win. What is this year going to be about for you spiritually? What is your win as a Christian ultimately and then day to day? What is your win as a member of this congregation or for our guests as a member of whatever congregation that you're a part of? What is the win for you as your role there in that congregation? We need to think about that or we will forever be stuck in the peewee leagues of Christianity. So I'd like for us to work on clarifying the win. As such, I want us to look at Philippians chapter 3. Because that's exactly what Paul did in Philippians chapter 3. He clarified his win. He knew what his victory was. And because he did, it helped him out tremendously. And I'd like us to take a look at that for a few moments. Before we do that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Glorious Heavenly Father, we love you so much because you are the awesome God. You have created the universe and you have created us within it and you've You've made it so that we can breathe and so that we can eat and so that we can walk and you've provided us with all these blessings. And things aren't always going our way, but you always bless us and help us to recognize your blessing in our life, no matter, no matter whether things are going the way we'd want them to or not. Help us, God, to see the win and the victory that you have for us in your son Jesus and help us every day to be focused on accomplishing that victory in our lives and in the life of this congregation. Help us to move on and to become more mature and to be great servants of yours so that we can glorify you in this world and we can point people to to you and to home in heaven with you. Father, forgive us for so many times when we've simply followed our own way and what we've wanted to do. Help us to find life in your way. Thank you, Father, for your love. We love you so much. Through your Son we pray. Amen. The very first thing I'd like you to recognize is that Paul did, in fact, clarify his win. If you look there in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, notice what he says. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He had a prize. There was a victory. There was something that for him was the win. And when he got that prize, he had won and he, and he knew it. And back in verse 11, he defines that prize, that victory. He says that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. He had one goal, one thing that was important to him, and that was is that when life was over, that he would attain resurrection from the dead. He was not concerned about making money. He was not concerned about having fame. He was not concerned about having influence. He had one concern. He had one goal. He had one victory. And that victory was that when this life was over, he wanted to attain the resurrection. Now, this was not just merely life after death. This was not just merely some idea that this body would go on the ground and then would come up again. He comes back to this topic at the end of the chapter, and in verse 20 of chapter 3, he says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. He wasn't planning on just coming back to life and having a life like this one. He was planning on being in that resurrection where the Savior who is coming from heaven would transform his lowly body, this body that we have now, the corruptible body, the subject and enslaved body that we talked about last week, into an incorruptible, glorious body. 
that is free and adopted and redeemed. You remember we talked about that last Sunday. That's what he was looking for. That was his goal. That was his victory. That was his win. It didn't matter what else happened. If all else failed, when the end came, he wanted to have attained the resurrection to life in heaven with the Savior in the gloriously transformed body. That was, in fact, his ultimate victory. But the thing we also need to understand is that Paul didn't just say, I want this particular thing to happen in the great by and by. He also brought that wind down to a daily basis. What is it that he needed to do every day in order to make sure that when that day came, he would have the victory? We find that also in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. Notice what Paul says. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Notice three things here that Paul recognized, really, as a daily victory so that he could attain the resurrection. Number one, he wanted to know Christ. Number two, he wanted to gain Christ and be found in Christ. And number three, he wanted the righteousness that came by faith in Christ. These were the things that he wanted to pursue on a daily basis so that by any means possible, on that day when the heavenly Savior returns and calls all those who are His home, He could attain the resurrection. That's what He was concerned about on a daily basis. Do I know Jesus better today? Am I in Christ today? Am I gaining the righteousness that comes by faith in Jesus Christ? That is my win for today. And that is what I am most concerned about. There are all kinds of things that go on in our life and there's all kinds of pursuits that we have to be involved in as we survive in this world, as we go from day to day. But the number one primary thing that Paul saw that he was most concerned about, everything else could go by the wayside, this one thing, and that was to know Christ and be found in Christ and to have the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ. Because if he could do that, then he recognized that when he suffered and died as Christ did, he would attain the resurrection as Christ did. And that was his win. Understand that. Paul had a clear vision of what his life was about and what the victory was for him as a Christian. We need to have that vision. And we need to have a vision that says, this is what our life is about. We need to clarify the win. But I want to show you that clarifying the win was not just this, this momentary thought, not just this idea of, okay, here's what it is, here's what I'm striving for. Having clarified the win helped him tremendously. The first thing that it did for him is that, that it caused him to press on for the goal. If you look in Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verse 12, Paul says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, for getting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Because Paul had clarified his win, because Paul had said this is what the victory is, he was able to press on for the victory. The fact is, if I don't know what the goal is, if I don't know what the victory is, I'm not ever going to accomplish it. I'm not ever going to get there. If I don't know where I'm going, I'm not going to accidentally wind up there. 
clarifying the win allowed him to press on toward the goal. But it also, in this idea of, of helping him press on, he says, not that I've already obtained it. You know, the problem is when we don't exactly know what our win and victory are, we don't know when we've gotten it. We might convince ourselves that we've had a couple of good days, we've made it, we're okay, we don't have to worry about it anymore. But Paul, because he knew what his win was, knew that he still had to work toward it. Further, because he knew what his win was, it clarified his vision ahead of him so that his vision about this victory was not blurred by what happened in the past. One thing I do, he says in verse 13, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. He understood that the ultimate victory was still out there for him. And so he couldn't allow his vision and his desire to be blurred by what had happened in the past. Both victories and failures. How easy it is to allow our failures from the past to cause us to lose sight of the victory in the future. But just as much how easy it is to allow our victories from the past to cause us to lose sight of the victory that's in the future. Paul had that strictly in his mind. He knew where he was going, and because he had clarified it, he could press on. If we don't clarify that, we can't press on because we don't know where we are going. So we need to press on. Clarifying the victory will allow us to press on. And he encouraged the Philippians to have the same victory and to press on. In fact, in chapter 4 and verse 1, he said to them, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Stand firm in the Lord. Why stand firm in the Lord? Because, because this is what's going on in your life. Thus, because of this, because of the victory. Stand firm in the Lord. Press on for the victory. Paul had clarified his win, and because of that, it helped him press on to the victory. But the second thing it did for him is it helped him declutter his life spiritually. We spend a whole lot of time arguing about what it is that we're allowed to do and not allowed to do, and and we'll get into all these really in-depth debates and and arguments and, and struggles and fights and and about what it is that we're allowed to do and not allowed to do. Paul had just a very simple concept about what he was allowed to do and what he was not allowed to do, what he was going to do and what he was not going to do. Paul knew what his win was. He was going to do everything possible to gain the win and get rid of everything that wouldn't help him gain the win. It was just that simple. It was just that simple. Paul wasn't necessarily as concerned about whether or not it was a sin or not a sin. Paul was concerned about, is this going to get me to heaven or not? Am I going to attain the resurrection by doing this or am I not? Notice what it says, beginning at verse 2. He says, look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Now those all sound like some wonderful things. But notice what he goes on to say. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, 
not having a righteousness of my own that I may gain Christ, and be, whoops, back up, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Don told me as I get older I'm going to have a harder time reading this Bible. He might be right, I was skipping lines there. But I hope you got the message that Paul said. And Paul's message was, there were things that were a gain in some parts of my life. They put me ahead as far as my people were concerned, but they weren't helping me attain the resurrection. What did I do? He said, I counted them as lost. I got rid of those things. The things that aren't going to help me attain the resurrection, he said, I got rid of those things. No matter what kind of gain they accomplished for me. For Paul, he mentions giving up some of the rituals. He, he mentions up giving reliance upon his flesh and upon his family and upon his nation. He even gives up upon his own righteousness, upon his own ability to do everything right. He gave up upon his energy, his zeal, his fervor, his strength that he had and put his confidence in Jesus Christ. Anything that's not going to help me get this goal, Paul said, I'm going to get rid of that. Anything that's going to hinder accomplishing this goal, I'm going to get rid of. Imagine how freeing that is. When we finally recognize that this one thing is what I'm about. And so everything in my, I do in my life, whether it's on the job or at home or in the church or at school, is going to be about how I can attain this victory. I don't have to worry about everything else. I'm just focused on this one goal. This is my win. This is my victory. When all is said and done, there may be a whole lot of people out there that thought I was a loser. But I know that I'm a winner. Because I'm winning with God and with Jesus. That's where Paul was. And it helped him declutter his life. It also helped him figure out who his friends were. It also helped with picking out his friends. You know, the fact is, our friends really do determine the quality and character of our lives. Notice what Paul says in verse 17. As he encourages the Philippians to walk as he has walked. Brothers, join in imitating me. And keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. He says, join in imitating me. Note those who are walking according to what we've taught. Pay attention to those who are winning the victory. Now please understand that when Paul says this, he's not simply saying make sure you're part of the right church. And the fact is, it doesn't matter where the church is or what the church is doing. They're going to have all kinds of different people at all different levels of spirituality. And even if you're a member of a church that has a whole lot of people that are winning the victory, Paul's not saying just make sure you're the member of the right church. Paul's saying pay attention to the people who are winning. Make note of them. Watch them. We can't do too much of that here, can we? I mean, we'll notice that the folks who are winning gather together on the first day of the week and they worship and praise God and they edify one another, but, but what is it they're doing day to day that helps them win? If my number one goal is to attain the resurrection, I want to spend some time with people who I believe are going to attain the resurrection. 
If my goal every day is to get to know Christ and be found in Christ and to have the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ, I want to find some people who know Christ, are in Christ, and have righteousness that comes by faith in Christ. And I want to spend time with them. I want to see what it is that they do to get that done. Now, you know, the fact is, if you want to be a star football player, who do you need to spend time with? Not me. I guarantee you that. If you want to be a great fisherman or hunter, who do you spend time with? Might might go out with Wesley. You don't want to spend time with me because I'm not going to help you with that. If you want to be a great mechanic, you might spend some time with Dale. You're not going to spend time with me because I don't know anything about mechanics. If you want to know Christ, and if you want to be found in Christ, and if you want to have the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ, who do you want to spend time with? I'd like to say spend time with me, but maybe... Maybe not. I need to spend time with some other folks. But if that's what we want to be, we need to be spending time with those people. We need to be watching them. We need to be talking to them. We need to be asking and questioning them. Instead of just spending our time in our own little worlds just trying to figure out what to do next. See, Paul said, be with those and imitate them who are walking according to the teaching. Because you know what? There's a whole lot of people that aren't. There's a whole lot of people that are not walking according to the example that we can find in Paul and the other apostles. There's a whole lot of people that aren't walking according to the example that we can find in Scripture. There's a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people who are enemies of the cross of Christ. And their end is not life. Their end is not the resurrection and the glorious body. Their end is destruction. And right now, their God is their belly. That is the passions of their fleshly appetites. That's what drives them. That's what, that's what causes them to act on a daily basis. And they glory in shameful things and they've got their minds set on earthly things. Brothers and sisters, if we're spending our time taking note of them and watching them and living like, like that, our end will also be destruction. But if by any means possible we want to attain the resurrection, then we've got to spend time with people who are winning the victory. Paul understood that. Paul recognized that. You see, Paul had clarified his win. And clarifying his win as a Christian helped him press on for the goal. It helped him declutter his life and figure out what he really needed to be doing. And it helped him pick his friends and people that would help him accomplish the goal. And the final thing that I want to point out here is that we need to do like Paul did. But we need to apply this to every aspect of our life. What we see in this chapter is Paul's win as a Christian. This is not necessarily his win as an evangelist, as a preacher. We can find that in passages like 1 Corinthians chapter 9. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 22, he says, To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Or we might find it in a passage like 2 Timothy chapter 4. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, as Paul declares the preacher's win to, to Timothy, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So we see that Paul in Philippians 3 has his win as a Christian. His, his win as a preacher, though, was to be all things to all people that by all means he might save some. And to preach the Word, being instant in season and out of season. So what I want to encourage you is you need to clarify the win. What is your win as a Christian? And I hope it's the same as Paul's. To attain the resurrection. 
But drive that down into your annual, monthly, weekly, daily life. What is your win today? What is your win this week? What is your win in 2010? So that you can attain that resurrection whenever that happens. What is your win as a member of this congregation and your role in the congregation? Maybe you're an elder or a deacon or a Bible class teacher. Maybe you're a greeter. Maybe you're one of the, uh, the, the folks who does the database and you're maybe uh, whatever it is that your role is. What is your win as your role in the congregation in this coming year? What is it that, that when we get to the end of 2010, you'll be able to look back and say, I did it. I won. I, I achieved the goal. And so I can continue looking forward and pressing on to attaining that resurrection. What's your win on your job? As a Christian who does your job, what is the win? What is the victory? Is it really to make sure that you have the highest position in your company? I mean, God may bless you with that, but is that really the win? What is your win for what you do in this world as a child of God? Push it down to every level of your life. Brothers and sisters, if we do this, we'll never be Wee League Christians. We'll be in the big leagues. We'll be mature. We'll be growing. And most of all, we will be winning. That's hard to imagine sometimes. Sometimes it seems like it's not possible that we're going to win. So many bad things happen. Satan is attacking in so many ways. And sometimes we become discouraged. And, and even, the, even when we clarified the win, sometimes we take two steps forward and three steps back and we're just not sure that we're going to make it. I want to remind you what Paul had already said in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. We're going to win. And the reason we're going to win is because God is working in us to win. We're not working on our own. Yet we mess things up. I don't, there may be some folks here today saying, oh, I know some of you guys. Y'all mess things up. I've seen. Well, yeah, we do. But God is working in us, and that's why we keep working at it. That's why we keep pressing on. Because we know we're not alone. And God is going to take even us and produce the victory through His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's make sure that we clarify our win. I want to encourage you this week, spend some time. I know there's family visiting and there's all kinds of fun things that we're going to do, but January 1st is coming up. I think it's Friday. By Friday, have in your mind, here's what 2010 is going to be about for me. Here's my win in 2010. And then start working toward that. God's working with you. You'll make it.